Houseman Against Cube Podcast, episode 69. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey guys, what's going on? Justin Williams here. Hope you've all had a great week. Welcome to this week's episode of the House Flipping HQ Podcast, the only podcast that will teach you how to scale your business and flip houses like a madman with systems that will allow you to truly live the life you've always imagined. This week, we will be covering part two of our three-part episode. If you missed last week's episode, check it out because they all kind of go together. This is the uh, Q&A webinar that Andy and myself did for the House Flipping Coaching and Implementation Program uh, members. So, We're giving it to you for free. Check it out. Hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions or are interested in the program when we reopen the doors in the future, you can hit us up at info at houseflippinghq.com and we will get you on the waiting list and keep you informed on what we have going on there. So, um, okay. Also, don't forget we have our seminar coming up here in a few months. It's still a ways away, but we have the early bird pricing still going on. You can go to com slash seminar. The price is currently $197. The actual price is $497, and that will continue to go up as we get closer. And that is on May 8th. So register now um, while you can. We sold out last time, so get registered now. All right, guys, let's get cracking with part two of this three-part episode. I present to you myself, Andy, and the members of the House Flipping Formula Coaching and Implementation Program. Take it away, guys. How long will this house selling last? Come open the market. Completely correct. Um, will this say list come to a, a screeching halt or what? So if I restate your question, you wonder, is, is wholesaling kind of like a fad or when the market corrects again, if it, if it takes another dive, is wholesaling still viable? Yes. Okay, good question. Um, I've been doing this for 12 years now, and I've been wholesaling all along the way. So definitely there's hotter markets and slower markets, but you're just buying beneath there where the market's willing to go, so it's always a viable strategy. Now I can tell you the difficulty will be when the market corrects again. You guys remember, some of you guys might not be, have been in the real estate long, but like four years ago, real estate was a four-letter word. Like nobody wanted to touch real estate with a 10-foot pole, right? So your, your trouble as a wholesaler in that market is you get a property and you want to sell it to somebody. Well, there might not be a lot of people that think it's cool or they might not want to take the risk. They think the market's still going to head down. So that would be your only problem is finding buyers, but um, that doesn't mean you can't do it. You can stick to the stuff that buying holders want, find people that are flipping. So absolutely, I'd say it's always viable. Because if you look at this, it's not just real estate. Everything is sold wholesale. Cars are sold wholesale, food sold wholesale, everything's sold wholesale. So you just got to buy it back of where the market is. And when the market's bad, I can tell you, you're going to get even deeper discounts because you can tell people, look, you know, I don't even know if I want to take a risk on this thing. And when motivated sellers and motivated sellers, they don't care about the market. They die, they get divorced, they go bankrupt, they don't care about the market. They have needs. So um, you can even buy them deeper at that point. So I would say, short answer, yes, it's always viable. Yeah, and Andy's absolutely right. I mean, it's all about moving with the cheese, ad- adapting, adjusting, but it's all relative. I talked to a guy who, because I was joking about how for the past eight years I've been doing this business, people are like, is this still going to work? And I'm like, yeah, it's still working, right? And I interviewed a guy who's been doing it for 30 years. He's like, same thing. 
you just need to adapt. When the market's hot, it's going to be easier to sell. It's going to be harder to buy. And when the market's slow, it's going to be easier to buy and a little harder to sell. You just got to get the right margins. Let me jump in here again, too. When the market shifts, you got to shift with it. So I would say five years ago, if you guys were in this game five years ago, REOs were plentiful. You could go on there and you could, yeah. with relationship to REOs, you could get them. So five years ago, I was spending a bunch of money on marketing and pay-per-click and going direct to seller. I was doing some of that. But also, I could go on the MLS and get deals. I'd tie them up and then I could wholesale those. So when the market goes that way, just watch your marketing and you can, tail, you can scale back your paid marketing when the fruit gets easier to find, right? So just that's what you need to focus on your business. Don't be spending a ton of money on something that's unnecessary, right? But yeah, it's always viable. And you know what? I'm going to jump in here, Jim, too, and just say, you know what? Who cares? Like, if let's say something crazy happened, and all of a sudden you couldn't also, which will never happen, by the way. But if it did, who cares? Go make a ton of money over the next few years until, it's, until you realize, oh, this isn't working. Okay, do something else. That's not going to be the case. But don't let that stop you from taking action. I see a lot of people think, oh, this might not be. They, they come up with these reasons or, for, for not taking action because what if, what if, what if, who cares? Get out there, make it happen, go make six figures in the next 12 months, and, and just keep growing from there. And then you can do whatever you need to do after that. So tying into, cool. into a community like this is good, too, because you can get the feelers out there. Hey, what are you guys seeing in the market? What's going on in your neck of the woods kind of a thing? Um, I'm a part of a national mastermind, J Justin and I both are, that we'll get this feeling across the board. What's going on? What's working? What's not working? And you guys are tied into that through us, too. So, yeah, just just keep your ear to the ground and, and adjust with everyone else, and you'll be fine. My brother, Stephen, started one year ago. And how many wholesale deals has he done, Andy? What did he say, like 24 or something? <laughs> like it's Probably, at least, yeah. Something. So he's taking action. He's just doing it. Yeah. So get out there, make it happen, and, and you'll see, oh, it, it does, yeah, it does work. So not easy, but it does work. Great. Yeah. Can, can you still hear me? Yeah, we can. Yeah. I, I can't seem to get the discounts you guys are In their area, I'm in the Knoxville, Tennessee market, and the area is really corrected. It's really corrected, and I cannot get the discount because the inventory is just shrinking on the MLS. Yeah, and I cannot get the discount you guys are getting. That's the. It's a great question too. Yeah, how are you buying houses? Um, Craigslist. Um, now I'm not mailing out. To, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm not mailed out. Well, there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Going direct to seller is there, and if you want to take some massive action, I mean, get a notice of default list or get a probate list and start calling personal representatives. Um, I mean, that's that's hardcore taking action, but find people who should be motivated. Start fishing in those holes, and uh, you'll see you'll know a motivated seller when you see one. They, right now, Jim, the MLS is very competitive. So are trustee sales. I'm not saying it's impossible for you to buy that way. We actually just bought a house trustee sell um, last week, but very difficult. We do buy on the MLS, but not very many. And that's with, like, I've got so many people out there looking for me, right? Another thing I tell people is man hours. Sometimes I have people say, oh, I can't get any deals. And I find out that they're spending three, four, five hours a week. You know, it, it takes more than that. It just does. I mean, for spending five hours a week, you're not going to make $20,000. It's possible. Does it happen? Does it blind, what's it say, blind squirrel gets another every once in a while? Sure. But... I mean, you, you've got to be you've got to be doing a little more than that. This is a real business. This is not you know we're not here to teach you guys um, some special magic secret that you're just going to go out there and make a ton of money. That doesn't exist, right? Those are the guys that are charging you forty thousand dollars for their coaching program, right? 
this is a real business. You know, it takes takes time, it takes effort. You've got to know your values. You've got to be either marketing or connecting with the right people. Um, but just looking on the MLS, Craigslist can work, but it's it's tough. It takes a lot of time, a lot of sifting through. Andy, um, in the seminar, which which we have in the master, the membership site for you guys, he talks about several different ways to buy properties. One of them takes time, and one takes money. So Craigslist is one that takes time, and it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of weeding through a lot of garbage, right? A lot of garbage. So deals are out there. Deals are created, not just found. You can absolutely put them together as, as you put the more time and effort in the systems into them. And then to deal analysis is week one. It's so important because if you don't recognize that something's a deal, yeah. you can lose it. Because cool. I, I, there's an example of one. Uh, I did this weekly show from the trenches thing, and I showed this one guy, example of a guy who went in and he didn't get a deal. And the reason why he didn't get it was he thought the ARV after repair value was 175, and it really was 200 to 215. So yeah. when he started that lower one, he knew it was only off to the seller down here. Well, somebody offered 10,000 more, they got the deal, and they still hustled and made money. But it all started because he didn't value it properly. So yeah. that's top of this pyramid. You've got to totally get what is a deal. It happens all the time. If you're off a few thousand dollars on your after repair value, your repairs, your your costs, or, or your return. If I know the going rate is about 15% and you're shooting for 20, I'm going to buy every single house, right? You're not competitive at that point. Tighten your numbers, learn, learn to estimate stuff better, you'll be competitive. All right, so we've got we've got a few questions actually that are all pretty. There's actually a couple here that are pretty similar. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to uh, unmute Felix. Felix, if you're still there, I'm going to go ahead and unmute you. And let's see, you asked a little while a little while ago. Ah, okay, hang on one second. I got to find you in the list here. <laughs> okay, all right, Felix, I just unmuted you. Do you want to go ahead and ask your question? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. What's up, Felix? What's going down? Not much, man. So here's the question. So I, I, I'm just starting off, uh, and I think the route, or I know the route that I'm going to take is wholesaling because I don't have a lot of capital. And <laughs> I guess the question is, what you know, what would you recommend I do first, or what type of mailer would you recommend I go after or target? I think I think you touched on a, a second ago where you said notice a default or probate. Is that what the best do you think at this point? What would you do first? I'd ask you first of all, do you have more time or money? Uh, well, I, can, I have more time. At, at, at this point, I don't have that much cash. If you have more time, I would say people. I would say maintain your cash, keep it. Don't spend it quite yet. Go through the course material we're talking about here, so you can mm -hmm. learn. And then use more of your your brute force. I would say use more of your time because you're going to learn more there. Find a farm area, drive the farm area, call for sale by owners, call for rents. Uh, if you get notice a default list free from a title company, go knock on those doors. That will be an experience. That will be a learning item. Buy bandit signs, they're a buck-ish, hang those up. Just do the stuff that's cheap, that leverages your time and not your money. And then once you've done that and you've learned to build your education, if you want to start dropping money, that's fine. But um, I would say not to do that first, not to spend your money first. So. Okay. okay. And he's exactly right, Felix. When, when Steven started and when Kale started, um, I told him the same thing. I said, go contact agents, even though the MLS is tough. Start making offers on the MLS, work Craigslist. Drive for dollars. Drive areas. Because yeah. what's going to happen is you are going to be basically getting educated and maybe you're going to make money from it, right? And I tell people, don't expect to make money right away. Be stoked that you're getting a free education, essentially, right? You're not having to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to go to school and, and all this stuff. 
you're getting a free education that can make you money well, and will eventually make you money. So once you have invested in yourself that time, then maybe you can invest monetary a little bit more, and that's when things kind of speed up a little bit. But you've got you to get in there and yeah, get your hands dirty and go after it. Get your, okay. contract, get your little contract so just in case you run into something, you can sign up and get under contract. Don't be afraid to get stuff under contract because you've got out clauses anyway. Um, yeah, go out there and just take action and yeah. Cool. And we've got several contracts in the, the membership site. Um, and Andy doesn't know this, but I'm going to have him, um, within the next couple weeks, create a screencast that goes through a contract um, in, in detail. So, <laughs> <All right. Okay. laughs> yes. and there were like uh, uh, they, there were about I don't know ten or so people who asked almost that exact same question. So well, that's so we just kind of answered a lot of questions right really there. Cool. <laughs> can I uh, can I piggyback a question on that or do we? For sure, no, no, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, so so I just I just finished the the first week uh, of the house flipping formula class, uh, the DNA and deal analysis portion of it. And I did uh, a comp. I completed one comp, and I posted it on the website. I was just curious if we have time to review, just to see if I'm on the same page. If not, that's cool. I'll just wait for, for the membership. We can try. It's, it's tough. One of you posted. I was actually just before the call. I was going through comments on there, and I didn't quite finish. Um, uh, so it looks like uh, 54, well, about an hour ago. Okay. So you, regardless, we will give you feedback on that. But go ahead. Let's try it. Let's see if we can. What market are you in? Uh, so the... Kenosha, Wisconsin, so Kenosha, Racine, just north of Chicago, about an hour. Okay. Dale, just so you know, I mean, comping properties and deal analysis, that's why I've made all the videos. That's why I have hours and hours of comping properties, and Andy's making some more, because okay. this is something that is a, I mean, it takes a long time. Like, it, it, it's, it's important that you really understand this. So we'll try to answer your questions right here, but I'm just telling you that's why we've created all those videos so people can review them and watch them and, and really teach themselves. So it is a skill you can lose by doing. You've got to do, okay. do, do, learn, and then you'll, learn, you'll get to learn your backyard, your own market. And the beautiful thing about comping and learning to do that stuff, once you comp the property, it's kind of in your database here. The next thing you pop up, it's in that, in that same screen thing area. You're like, oh, yeah, I know this one. It's just yeah. like the one on the street. So. There are areas that we, we have so many listings. We've sold so many houses. We just know what it's worth. Right, right off. That's why you want to get familiar with the farm area. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, let's let's try it, Felix. Okay. Do you, uh, I have it? It's posted on, on the Facebook site. What would you like for me to do? Just go off of the. Justin, uh, Justin, can you find it on the Facebook site? Um. But, Otherwise, I have it pulled up. I, I all I did is I use uh, Zillo or Zillow because I don't have access to the MLS. Yeah, Justin, if okay. you can find it, if you can find it on the Facebook group, then you can share your screen, um, and we can see if we can. Take a look at it. Okay, let's see. Okay, I, actually, I see it. I see it. Um, do you see right? It should be pretty close to the top, Justin. If you see it. Yeah, I just. Uh, I like downloaded it, but I'm just seeing a picture. Dave, Dave asked what the. Did you just send a picture, or what did you send? So uh, I wanted to post a home I comp as part of the sign for week one. It should be an Excel file. Uh, I don't know. You know, guys, let's let's um. Yeah. We might want to move on to just more questions right now. Okay. Uh, this is my thought. Um, yeah, I'm, when I pull up, I'm just seeing a picture right now, Felix. Um, but that's just probably me not being very... Uh, well, well, we'll get it figured out, though, Felix, and we'll definitely get your feedback on it for sure. Okay, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, Appreciate we'll it. Feedback yeah. on it right the call. Cool. Okay. Perfect. All right. Let's see here. So, let's see. Let me go through here real quick. So, actually, I like this question from, from Jeff 
uh, from Jeff B., who says he does not have a microphone, so I'm just going to read this to you. Uh, this is actually really cool because it sort of adds on to what we just said, right? So um, he says, I'm time-constrained by a 9-to-5 job, but I have money to get things started. So how would you best deploy 5K to capture deals, $5,000? Go for it, Andy. I swear I get this question all the time. Who wants this? It's, um, it's good, though. It's Unfortunately, you're going to need to spend, you've got your 9 to 5, you're going to need to spend your 5 to 9 getting some education and figuring out knowing what a deal is first. You're going to have to dig in. Sorry, like, that's the most important thing. And you're going to have to figure out a way. I mean, this business does take time, unless you know somebody that you want to, like, leverage their time. But 5000 bucks, still need to, I mean, if somebody says, I got 5000 on market budget, I still, like, say, keep it and, like, and learn first because you're not going to, you know, who's going to take the seller phone calls when they call and, you know, push them to a voicemail or, I, th I still think you've got you to spend your time doing something. I don't know that you, $5,000 is not what you do. I mean, bandit signs, you can pay some people to make phone calls and stuff for you, but ultimately you need to go through the experience of having worn the hats in your business. So I still think you've got to go spend your time. Here's the thing. You do, the one thing you absolutely need to learn is, is deal analysis because you can't teach anybody that on your, like, it's just really hard. Do you have to lick envelopes and stamps? No. I mean, so if you have extra money, that you can have a, a mail house take care of that for you, awesome. That's something that you definitely want to outsource. So maybe you can spend a little more capital on marketing as for someone else would be out driving for dollars and, and all that kind of stuff. But you still, yeah, you need to learn bill analysis. So I, I don't think that's what he's asking. I think he understands he needs to learn bill analysis. He needs to still... Um, Where would I spend that money? Is that, just, is that what he wants to know? Yeah, my, my understanding is I don't think 5000 is like the very last amount of money that he has in his okay. life right now. Well, right. I think it's more just like where would you deploy that to, to try to get back a little bit. Yeah, supposedly knows what a deal is. He doesn't have a lot of time to do that stuff. You might have to push a call from the and call back later. Um, I would get a targeted list, and I would mail the targeted list six to seven times at least. A lot of people get a list and they'll mail it once. So you've got to make sure, whatever your budget is, if your budget's five grand, divide that by six so you can hit these lists six times and then divide that out by the number of mailers you want to send. So, I mean, if that's all the money that you have, the 5000 bucks, which is why direct mail is expensive, right? Because you got to... I would hit the same list multiple times and I would hit more of a niche list, that target that we've talked about previously. The eye of that target is probably, you know, vacant, uh, inherited homes, right? So target them, whether that's inheritance or probate, and hit those people multiple times. If you, if you exhaust your money there and you still have more, or if you still have more money, Go out to the next ring of the target, which might be, you know, notice the defaults if you want that, or it might be uh, absentee owners that own free and clear that have owned for 10 plus years, right? And the next ring might be widen your criteria, and the, the final ring might be just owner occupants that have owned for seven or eight years or whatever, right? So when you've got a limited budget, start here, exhaust that, and then kind of go out from there. So hopefully that helps. Something else I'm going to throw out there is 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 bandit signs. Some people love them, some people hate them. You know, check your whatever in your area, you know. But I talked to Stephen recently at the seminar, so I don't know if he wants me to say this, but he's been focusing on networking and bandit signs. And what does he do with bandit signs? Yeah, Andy, you can't do this because you're in his area. I'll keep on, keep on. He has a guy that he gives a percentage of whatever profit they make, and his job is to put out the bandit signs. And I think maybe take the initial calls or something like that. He's got someone put out the signs taking the initial calls, and then Stephen makes the call to, to close it. Now, banner signs just like letters. Some people go put out five or ten signs. They're running around. They're scared. They're excited. and Crickets, right? They're waiting for, like, all these calls to come in and all these bills. It doesn't work that way. You've got to be a businessman. 
But if you think about it, if you put out, let's call it 500 signs, right? What's that going to cost you for signs and stakes? It's probably going to cost, let's, let's call it 1000 bucks, right? And you get a deal from that, a deal that makes you fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, even $10,000, I don't, 5000 who cares, right? You have been proven a model that will give you five, ten times the return on the capital invested. And once you do that, rinse, wash, repeat, and bam, and you build it up, right? So that's all you got to do is you got to nail it, then scale it. Uh, so many people, same with mailers, it's like, I sent out 300 mailers and, you know, it's like, dude, you're not going to make $20,000 from a $300 investment. Like, it's just not very realistic. You've got to be realistic. It's a, it's a business. So, um, I hope, hope that helps. And, um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, cool. cool. All right. Let's, uh, let's see here. We've got, I, don't I, like, I know, I know we got to, we got to keep going. We've got, we got questions galore here. So, okay. we got a question from John Cole. And John, I'm gonna go ahead and unmute you if you're ready. So come on, John. There you go. John, are you there? Well, hey guys, how you doing? Hey, John. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Oh, there you go. Can you hear me now? Yep. yep. Hello. We can hear you. Can you hear us? It's a delay, so it's a little weird. Ah, okay. We'll go for it. Yeah. So listen, I'm in San Diego. I'm not really of the mindset to be uh, traveling around these different areas like you guys are animals. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, so I'm, I'm focusing locally, and they're expensive. And so my, my theory that I was going for is, and I kind of heard this at the master, one of the mastermind meetups was, go for a little larger properties and do fewer room. Maybe I make 100, 150,000 on these deals, and I've actually been pretty successful with it. But... I'm just wondering what your mindset is because I don't know that that's the best um, strategy because I think you, it's it's a it's a loss of leverage of capital. You know, there's a lot of things, and I just wonder what your insight was on that. Mm. So, you, John, you have been doing that, you said, or you would like to pursue that? I have been. I've got a couple of deals going right now, and you know, but it's just you're kind of limited. But the theory is, is so if I make a hundred, hundred fifty thousand on a deal. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do 10. That's 10 deals that you're making. Sure. 15, right? Absolutely. And the beautiful thing, you guys heard me talking about entering the corridor, right? We'll just say nobody what? in this call feels bad for, feels bad for John right now. Yeah, no one feels bad for you, John. <laughs> so entering the corridor is all about taking action. But once you take action, the beautiful thing is you start to niche down. You find your niche. So for you, I mean, doing those more expensive homes that make you bigger profits might be perfect. Right? For me, I like to scale, go big, systems. I don't like too many big deals um, that, that take more time and management. It might be a little higher risk. But they seem that way, yes. Yeah, they're heavy, heavy management. When you got that much laying on the line, and I don't finance, I'm self-financing. Nice. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's nice or not. It's like nerve-wracking. <laughs> it's cool that you're able to, right? That's cool. Um, <laughs> So I want to say congratulations and kudos for how long have you been doing this business? Well, it's funny because I, I did it before house flipping was hip for a decade, and I did hundreds of them. Yeah. But then, this out, and so three, six months ago or whatever, I found you, and I hadn't been doing it for years. I'd just been buying notes. Nice. And so I got back into it. You got me back into it, and now I'm like, you know, I already had all this experience behind me, but it was a whole new paradigm shift in the way that you guys do it from what I used to do. Yeah. You know, I'm just a hook from you. Awesome. I, I appreciate that. I love that feedback. John, how are you 
how are you getting these houses? <laughs> Through agents. Through agents. Guys, I just reconnected with people from my past. That's and, awesome. You know, and um, and it seems to be it's worked. I got two of them going right now, and working on another one. And so we'll see how it pans out. You, you like know, it? go ahead. You like go it? Ahead. I love it. You, so you, you love actually fixing up the house. Not you don't fix them, but you love like the renovation and all that stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, I love the whole industry. Okay, cool. Up now, because I was gonna say like. I'll be honest. I don't have any special love for fixing up houses or even for wholesaling. Uh, it's just a, it's an income for me. And I look at you and think, I mean, I do a little bit of uh, notes and private lending and all that stuff. But it sounds like you might have done more of that in the past. Stuff. It's like, eventually, I'm not picky. If I can make my money doing, you know, 90% hard money lending, I'll probably be there. So I look at it and say, unless you, if you don't love it, I mean, I'd go back to making your money, making your money the other way. But if you love it, Justin. No, but it sounds to me like you love it and it's going well so far. Um, you got it. You got to follow your heart. I mean, for me, for example, when I think of getting too many higher end deals right now, it kind of makes me a little nervous. But if you have the margins and you you're doing self finance, so everyone's in a different situation. I don't know if you guys saw the video I did on um, the seven different ways to mitigate or eliminate risk in business. One of them has to do with your own situation. What is your personality like? What is your financial situation like? You know, there are people who, if they blow one deal, they're they're in trouble. They're they're voted off a real estate island, as they say, right? So, sounds like you're self-financing. Sounds like things are going well. The more capital I end up, I make in my business, sometimes I'm willing to take a little more risk, right? Um, so it, that's a question that only you can answer. If you think that there's more opportunity for you to buy other houses, I would say why not? That would be my my opinion. Um, but if, if it's working for you and the margins are there and you're you're happy with the returns and the results, then I say great. We we just listed four houses in San Diego that we're stoked about that are, that should do really well. San Diego, it was kind of my understanding is it was kind of struggling um, in the last year, but it's kind of doing well now. So I got an audit report. My favorite show these days is Shark Tank. So if yeah. you got money, which I mean that's a huge a huge ask, but you got a little bit of experience. Why don't you be like the Shark Tank of San Diego, and you're like let the wholesalers and the people come to you, and like let them bet their deals with you, and you're like, yeah, I like that one, and then you'll bring them. You say, look, young buck, I'll show you how to do the ropes. I'll finance the whole thing if I like the deal, and I'll, I'll you know leverage that, and they'll bring their good deals to you, and you can just kind of help, you know, fifty-fifty split or whatever it is you want to do. But there's people that would want to do that, I'm sure. So I just find them to the real estate meetups or something. You think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just say like you know, go to those. Uh, real estate investor associations and all stuff and just say, I mean, I think you could do that. Like wholesalers or somebody that's made a kind of great deal and Ryan Squirrel found a great nut, right? And you say, hey, I'll finance the whole thing for you. I'll show you a little bit of the ropes and, uh, you know, take take 50% or whatever you can negotiate. But, I mean, you've got experience and you've got money, so leverage that. Yeah, it just depends what you like doing and, and if you want to balance it out, you can do some smaller deals, you can do some lending, you can do some flips. Just, Enjoy the ride, man. Sounds like you're doing good. All right, here's, here's another quick question for you. So I have an offer going in on an REO here. There's 20 plus offers. Okay, so what I was going to do is increase my offer by 10 grand, which is still pencils, and then do a video like LOI. You know what I mean? Like a or a video offer, just saying, hey, just because I didn't know nobody else is doing this, and so yeah. I just throw something out there. How do I differentiate myself to get this deal? Mm -hmm. It's who's the seller? Bank. 
Oof, they probably don't care then. They probably won't care about a video. You know, an old tactic, I don't know if this works anymore, but you know, $500 higher than that other bona fide offer, I mean, you could pull something like that. That works sometimes. I'm going 10 grand higher. You know what I'm saying? You could say, like, my offer is $1,000 more than the next highest bona fide offer that's in writing. Or something oh my like that. God. You know what I'm saying? So that way, if you really want it, you can assure you're going to beat the next highest offer. But then if they say, oh, we got an offer for, you know, you're willing to pay 400 and they got an offer for 420 you could say, well, show me the offer. Make sure it's apples to apples, cash, and all that stuff. But if you want to, if you want to get aggressive, that's aggressive. That is. That's a good, good point. Yeah, and like Andy said, that may or may not work, but, but it's worth a try. So. And also with thanks to quick close, proof of funds, high earnest money. I mean, that's the way you can differentiate yourself. People have $1,000 earnest money. And go like, I mean, you could even do something like, what's the purchase price, 400 grand? Uh, no, it's actually 220. I'm going $230,000 earnest money. I mean, I, like you could do something crazy, right? Just be like, hey, I'm doing it. a 10-day month. Here it is. That's, that's a when, good idea. You know, what I'm possible, you know it's, not, it's not always super easy, but uh, are you working with a, the agent directly who's listing the property, or do you have a buyer's agent? No, absolutely. I go direct to the agent. Okay. I always, I'm always digging, man. I'm always trying oh, to. You've got to be digging on that agent. If you're getting them double into that thing, how are we looking, Susie? How's our offer looking? But really, I mean, you could say, quote, tight timeline, 130 grand earnest money, whatever. You don't care. I mean, it's not going hard anyway. But so anything that makes you just look strong, you're like, there's no pre-approval letter. It's like cash, and it's all in the earnest money. I just want you to cash the earnest money check, and there's the closing. You know? But don't pay don't pay more than you should either. Stick to your numbers. You're not going to get them all. So <laughs> just keep all that in mind. <laughs> all right, good stuff. Look at it. Hold on. <laughs> all right, good stuff. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, thanks, thanks, John. Thanks, John. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and uh, let's see here. All right, we've got. Um, oh shoot, I just lost it. <laughs> all right, so we've got a question from uh, from David Johnson. So I'm going to go ahead and unmute you, David. Let's see here. All right, David, are you there? Yes, are you hearing me? Yep, we can hear you. David? All right, my question was for Andy. Um, you said when you, make, when you contact probates, you just call out. So I was just wondering if you send out any kind of mailers, or are you just calling and, like, you know, what's your script like when you do call, or your team calls? We have tried calling probates. That's a tough one. It's a very sensitive situation. We mail them, though. And when we mail probates, we mail them something that's extremely sensitive. You don't want to just mail them your normal thing. We'll do a white letter, so it's like a professional-looking letter, and we definitely mention, like, we understand your situation. I mean, it's very sensitive. Like, we get it. You know, we know you just went through some stuff. And you say, we've been able to help people in similar situ circumstances. We'd love to, even if it just means giving you some information, uh, we'd love to help you with that. The probate process can be very confusing. Um, you know, even if you just need any help, just reach out. I'd love to help you in any way possible. I mean, take that approach with them. Very humble, very helping. Uh, none of this, you know, I buy houses cash, call me now. Like, it's very sensitive to it. Um, right. It's a sensitive niche. I mean, be very, just, you know, a good way to rule of thumb is put yourself in your shoes. Spin around and think, your mom just died, and you're the personal representative. What would you want to hear? What would break through that noise to where you would go, you know what, I'm going to give this guy a call, right? And you right. can say something like, I know you haven't dealt with this before. I know this was thrust upon you. And I've, I've helped people navigate these waters. And if nothing else, if I can just be a listening ear and help you navigate this, that's what I'd love to do. I've got some good referrals for you. you know, 
please give me a call. I mean, if you say something like that, it's going to come across sincere, and then truly be that way when they call. Maybe you just want to help them with an attorney or whatever it is. But of course, if you help them first and give to them first, you're the first one there when they when they need something. So I would try that approach. But what if the the attorneys are the personal representative? Uh, the attorney, personal representative? Yeah. It's a little different approach because they don't really care as much, and they might just scrap it. You might not be able to get behind them to, hey, you know, hey, who's over there? Um, that's a little more difficult. Most of the time, they're not. Most of the time, it's a brother, sister, um, okay. spouse. So, okay. but you could try the attorney too. I mean, you could call the attorney up directly and just say, hey, uh, I deal with the situation all the time, and yada yada yada. Can I help you? Okay. Cool. Oh. All right. Justin, did you want to chime in on any of that, or? No, that, that, that's a great answer. Thanks, Andy. All that brings us to the end of part two of our three-part series. Stay tuned next week as we wrap it up with part three. Go to houseflippingformula.com to learn more about the House Flipping Formula Coaching and Implementation Program and when we will be reopening our doors for registration. If you are interested, hit us up, info at houseflippinghq.com. And we will keep you posted on when we get cracking again with the next group. Well, that is it for today. I am actually currently, as you are listening to this, I will be in Florida at a mega mastermind meeting. This is a mastermind meeting that is invite only uh, with people who are doing, you know, around, everyone's doing around 100 houses a year. So I will actually not be the big fish in the bowl this time. I'll be just like everybody else. And I'm super pumped. It's going to be amazing. Uh, just like you guys should be pushing yourself and connecting with people who can help take you to the next level, I do the same thing. And this mastermind program I'm joined, joined is not cheap. It's very expensive. Much, much more than I'm charging for my program. But that's okay because I have no doubt uh, that I will, you know, it'll, it'll, the return I will get on this will be greater than any return I could possibly get in any investing strategy I could ever do. So keep that in mind. You know, your your education is the best return. It's the best thing you can do for yourself. You know, don't get ripped off. Hook up with the right people, but it is far and wide the best thing you can do for yourself. So, kudos to you for being here and we hope you can join up with us on the next round of the house flipping formula uh program. Um and yeah, reach out to us. Until then guys, we will see you next week. Keep crushing it and keep failing fast, taking action where it counts, and we'll see you guys on the flip side. Bye-bye. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.